I was obviously spared from my singing and I switched it off. That's better, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a look at, at, uh, at this idea of, of idols. I guess at first look, you could look at that passage and think, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. There was a bit of trouble there. There was some stuff going on. But what's that got to do with us? And yet, actually, it seems to me to illustrate so much about our human nature in this passage. And we're going to do a couple of things. I'd like us just to dwell on, on this passage itself for a few moments. And then uh, we're going to uh, watch uh, a piece of video and have opportunity to kind of respond to that a little bit, to think about that. And that might be that it's something you want to do quietly, yourself. I know that for some of you, it's a little bit uncomfortable sort of sitting in a different sort of format. And it's a little bit uncomfortable sort of chatting to people in, 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 in church in that format. But for others of you, that's actually quite a helpful thing to do. And so it may be that you kind of enter into some conversation Uh, And I've tried to prepare a few little bits and pieces, some of which you could easily do on your own and just reflect. But some of it you might want to bounce off other people and think that through. So that's kind of where we're going over the next uh, 15 minutes or so. But let's just look at the passage just for a second, just to try and expand on it a little bit. Because it seems like this guy Demetrius... Sounds like a great Greek name, doesn't it? Demetrius. He's a silversmith. And he seems to speak for the silversmiths of Ephesus. Maybe he was kind of like the head honcho of the the silversmiths guild or something. And he's concerned that Paul has spoken against the man-made gods that actually he is responsible for making. And he's concerned that this might affect the worship of the god Artemis. Now he seems to give some reasons why we should be concerned or why they should be concerned. He says to the other silversmiths, our trade could lose its good name. The temple of Artemis could be discredited. The goddess will lose her divine majesty. And maybe those were all concerns that he genuinely held. But actually, if you look at verse 25, it seems to be something fundamental there. Men, you know we receive a good income from this business. Actually, his worry ultimately is that his income will fall from making silver idols. And it got me thinking, well, I wonder how we, as regular, ordinary human beings, how do we dress up our own interests with seemingly plausible reasons? Do we say things to people with a kind of a a veneer of concern, but actually it's mostly about self-interest. 
Do we justify inaction in something by giving all kinds of excuses? Do we maybe even disguise a a mean-spiritedness by saying, well, actually, I'm just being prudent or I'm just being careful? I think the passage does just pick up on something of our human nature. And another bit of our human nature is exposed in in the next little section, verses 28 through 34. Because how easily do people jump on a bandwagon? Just watch the end of the the Everton against um, West Bromwich Albion FA Cup game last night. Did Thomas go, by the way? At Aston Villa? He didn't. But there was a happiness in your household. Good. Thank you. I don't even know what I said. What did I say? Everton. There you go. Aston Villa, West Brom. But at the end of that game, the fans invaded the pitch. And we were impressed by that, weren't we, in our household? We thought that was very responsible. No, we didn't. We thought, what are they on? But if you think about it, There was probably three, four, five, ten, twenty of them that thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I bet you the rest just followed. Say again? Relief. They were just there. And some of them were kind of looking around thinking, well, what do I do now? I'm on the pitch and I could get into trouble here. But they just followed. It's estimated that the the theatre that's spoken of here would have held 25,000 people. And there in verse, what is it, verse 33, I think, 32, it says, most of the people did not know why they were there. They just followed. It's in our human nature sometimes, isn't it? Just to follow. And then that last little bit, verses 35 and on, you kind of get a a city official who actually speaks some sense, some calm, some reason. He quells the riots. As such, he doesn't, doesn't defend Jesus. But it struck me that actually... We've got so many people in our society who are in places of authority, who don't know Jesus, but who actually do a jolly good job. And we need to be praying for our politicians and our councillors. We hear about all the bad eggs, don't we? But actually we don't hear about all the grafters, those who seem to work tirelessly to to represent us. And I just felt it was really important that we we remember people like that city official who speaks sense and order and yet he's missing something. Feathers were ruffled in Ephesus. Because Paul was speaking about idols. I want us to watch uh, a a video 
A couple of things uh, maybe kind of in, in your sight, on your table. And before we watch the video, there's a kind of a little bubble there with a question. What things do you think may become idols today? Just want you to have that kind of rattling around your head in the next 10, 15 minutes. Maybe you'll add things onto that bubble. And maybe that will be part of your conversation that will help you. I want us to listen to, to this video. It's a young guy who speaks very directly. In many ways, the, 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 the piece that we're going to listen to is, is I would say, directed at, at, at men. But actually, it speaks into all of our lives. If you're struggling to follow what he's saying, I've actually written a transcript out, so you'll see some of them on the table. If you find it hard to get his accent, then there's a transcript there. And again, maybe one of the things you feel would be most helpful to you afterwards is just to look at that and be challenged by it. But I want us to think about Okay, that was Ephesus back then. There were idols being made of silver. We don't have that. But what idols do we have? What idols maybe tempt us in our society, in our culture? Steve, are you able to uh, play that video for us?
because those guys throwing the football with I black on their skin, yet my whole week depends on if they win. Comfort, power, sex, alcohol, religion, pleasure, all good things unless turned into an ultimate thing. Because the problem isn't what you do, it's that your heart needs to be made new. Because if you don't crush your idols, then your idols will crush you. You know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results? And by that definition, most of us are insane. Because we run to the same filth, even though it hurt us yesterday, and say, come on, please, satisfy me today. And Jesus said, you try to gain your life, you'll lose it. You lose your life, you'll gain it. But we've all traded in the creator for something created. Thinking that just because you've got a nice house and a car, you made it. Now realizing if your soul ain't right, you're no different than a fish, bro, because you just got baited. Because idols, they over-promise and under-deliver. They operate by deceiving. An idol is when you look at something and say, if I have that, then I'll have meaning. And if we don't put God in his rightful place, we'll put something else there. And so we make good things, God things, and then go into despair. And just like Elijah called down the fire and the altar exploded into flames, no, there's only one God that comes through when you need him, and Jesus is his name. Because when you're sick and thirsty, toilet water might be attractive, but if you got something better, bro, then toilet water looks nasty. Because an idol is dead. It doesn't live. An idol takes, it never gives. So repent, get on your knees, and admit your heart's full of diseases. Want to know what a true man looks like? Then look to Jesus. Just before you do anything else, there's just a little thing there. Say, in single words, what is your immediate reaction to that? You don't need to say anything to anyone, but just have a little think. What is your immediate reaction to that? What things do you think may become idols for us today? Just want us to have a kind of a gut reaction to what was being said there. We've got about five or ten minutes, and uh, I want to leave this a little bit open. You might want to to just uh, talk amongst yourselves, Uh, and there's no no kind of um, order to this in a sense, but maybe for you just to, to take a look through, maybe together you can help one another think about what may become idols for us today. Maybe it's power or health or security or family or money or stuff. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's me time. Dare I say even church might become an idol because we worship church rather than Jesus. Just wonder. 
what might become idols for us that stand in the place that God should stand in. You might see on the transcript one or two little bold bits. That might help you. But maybe just working through some of these questions and talking to others might be a helpful thing just to think about what, uh, what idols might be today. And actually think about, is that how Paul would have sounded to his generation? Is that what Paul would have come across like? I'll leave, I'll leave you for about five, ten minutes and, and uh, maybe you want to do that on your own. Maybe you want to just sit with, with one or two people around the table and, and throw things around. Uh, it's entirely up to you. But um, if you've got sight of that sheet, that might just guide you a little bit in your thinking and discussing and responding. And uh, if you haven't got sight of that sheet, there's a few more here. Anyone else need a copy of this? Go on. There. Anyone else? Everyone got a copy of that? Oh, sorry, Jane. Okay. And it's for you to scribble on, it's for you to write on, it's for you to do as you uh, think.
Okay, I just uh, interrupt you, uh, if I may. Well, I just have, so whether I may or not. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Okay. I'm conscious that, um, that our dear friend on the video did speak really quick. And uh, I'm glad that there are some sort of transcripts there. If you want to take one of those away, if you haven't had sight of it, do take a look at it. Um, there's another thing that uh, almost kind of follows on a little bit from that. And I've put the, the YouTube um, address at the bottom of that sheet. Really worth watching. A little two-minute thing just about actually giving our lives over to Jesus. And... Uh, Again, just very well said. And so if you have a minute today, it'd be good. But let's just pause for a minute and uh, just think on the bit that I've put as a big question. Maybe you want to close your eyes. Jesus wants to be the centre of your whole life. Who? Or what might be competing for this place? Might be one thing. Might be a whole host of things. Might be obvious to you. Or you may need to think about it, pray about it, maybe talk to others about it to help you identify that doesn't need to be a heavy thing that doesn't need to be a kind of a an accusing thing but sometimes we do have blind spots we don't see we're going to sing in just a moment a song that's a kind of a response, maybe a prayerful response to what we've begun to think about. As ever, there seems to be not enough time. But please do think and continue to, to reflect on this, maybe as a part of your reflection over lunch, maybe as a part of your prayer time tomorrow. But let's just be quiet a moment.